This is Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. That was Catherine Rubino. Chris Williams here, too. We're all from Above the, Law- uh, uh, above the Lawyer, I almost said. That's, you know, that's not the name of the website. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, Thinking Like a Lawyer is this show. Above the Law is the website. We're all from that publication. And, we, and we're here today. <laughs> yes, to talk about some of the big legal stories from the week that was. Although, in this case, we may be talking about them from the week that currently is uh so yeah you know i think there was a long weekend obviously and sometimes you know what is actually important you know there's a lot of news dumps on a friday people are kind of tuned out you know we're gonna gonna do we're gonna things got crazy yeah things got crazy yeah no so well we begin as we always do with a little bit of small talk small talk so yeah, so last week I was at the ABA Tech Show in Chicago. Not small talk. It absolutely is. Uh, I saw it and while no, I was there. I, here's what I did at work. I, you know, listen, the fact that I'm more deeply professional than all the rest of you, that's fine. The fact know. that you have no life outside of the shop. I mentioned, mm-hmm. I mentioned, didn't I mention this last week? <laughs> the show? Yeah, I feel yeah. like this, we could just repeat yes, this segment. You all keep being wrong. Until anyway, you, 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 you all, all keep, keep being, wrong. being wrong. Anyway, so while I was doing at the event, I was so while I was at the while I was at the, the tech show, I saw this sizzle reel that Legal Talk Network put together for, uh, you know, previewing all the shows, had some nice video of the three of us chatting. Well, ain't we just cuties? Yeah. So that's what I was going to say is that there's like a, there's like a commercial now and we're featured in it. Ooh. Yeah. See how this is actually small talk as opposed to a work conversation, but you two just it's can't. work related. It's, yeah, yeah. Medium this, is best. This podcast is in fact part of our job. It's podcast business, I suppose, but that's also outside mm. the actual business of uh, of what we do, which is discussing the stories from the week that was. So, yeah, well, we just came off of a long weekend. Chris, did you do anything fun during that time? I fell hard as shit. So, oh, no. I was, oh yeah. So I was walking down my stairs, and I don't know, my socks were extra socky, and I just <laughs> fell real hard. <laughs> and, oh, no. and, and after that happened, it's hard to remember anything else that happened over the last two days. But I've been, I've been all right. My foot hurts a little bit, but you know, did, did you get concussed? Is that why your memory is failing? No, it's just I guess maybe I have like a some part of my frontal cortex is in my left pinky toe but something about <laughs> something about the blunt force trauma just kind of wiped out everything else but i'm 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 fine mostly and my hair protects from most falls oh, there um, you go built-in protection yeah but yeah other than that um another non-work related thing i've been doing been enjoying this game it's called monster hunter world iceborne mm. and um i've been getting my ass kicked but i've been also those are a lot of words ass. that don't really pull up a specific image in my mind. Yeah, there's yeah. even a little colon. So it's yeah. Monster Hunter World colon Iceborne. It's actually it's actually pretty uh, representative of the game. So there's this one area where it's like kind of Whether you hunt monsters? Throughout the world, yes. But oh, wow. Okay. Is, yeah. it, is it like the next Ice Age that the game takes place in? Or are you like hunting monsters in like Antarctica? Well, there's actually different locations and one of them is called like the Horfrost Reach. It's like a tundra, icy place and there's like an ice dragon there and kind of the, the Ice Dragon. Ice Dragon, yes. yes. Does it, like the, does te- it, technically the monsters just have to be born in the ice. The rest of the world doesn't have to be an ice. Well, th- age. that was my query. That was my oh. query. All right. So again, uh Catherine, uh how are you feeling? You were sick. Uh yes, I am 
I am still getting over my cold, but you know, but you know, living the dream, living the dream here. All right. You sound like you're getting one too over here. Yeah. Sniffy McSnifferson. Yeah. Well, I mean, two con- conferences. That's back his rapper to back. name, actually. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, no, two conferences back to back. It. Uh, It'll it do plays, something to you. It plays with your immunity. I think that's called COVID. No, and uh, I mean, I, mercifully, it is not. It, it is not COVID. It passed relatively quickly for me. I mean, I've, I'm still got some like leftover residual sniffing, but more or less, I was just. Uh, sore throat and some sniffing for a day and then I've been fine ever since but you know you're up all night uh because you you wake up first thing have meetings then you stay out all night with all of the other events that the conference has and then you turn right around to do it again like you do that enough days in a row and your body decides to go to war with you you know also what is the CDC's guidelines on covid now is it like a episode of mori <laughs> I actually don't know exactly what the CDC's guidelines are. I gather, you know, if you if you feel you're at risk or whatever, you should wear stuff. But that's uh, that's about it. Anyway, does that conclude small talk? Do we think? Sure. One last thing: somebody has to appreciate the iceborne cold transition. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh, fair, fair, fair. So uh, one of the things that did happen last week, but at the very end tail end of last week, is that the Alabama Supreme Court decided to issue a ruling. Uh, so the Alabama Supreme Court issued a ruling in a fairly odd set of facts. Uh, it was a case about parents uh, who had were undergoing IVF treatment. They had some frozen embryos in a clinic. Someone broke into the clinic and tried to steal embryos and dropped them and, you know, ruined the, the samples. Uh, it It is a weird crime, uh, but the Parents all decided they wanted to sue the clinic for, you know, negligently allowing this to happen. And they chose a law that is on the books in Alabama and has been since the 19th century, saying that if you are responsible for killing a child, you might be financially liable. The clinic obviously responded with these aren't children uh, because, you know, they're not even implanted cells. The Supreme Court of Alabama ruled they are uh, children because all unborn, whether in utero or not, or in a test tube or not, these are all children. Uh, They cited some textual issues. The dissent went through and explained made no sense, even under their own rubric, but whatever. I mean, the irony here, right, is that parents who are using IVF to expand their family are ultimately going to be responsible for the end of IVF, at least in their state. Yeah, I mean, as I put it, the uh, the monkey paw didn't work out there. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> the ruling, because of the way in which the ruling came down, these families basically destroyed any chance of anyone in Alabama ever expanding their family through IVF again. Mm-hmm. Uh, or And even themselves expanding their families further, because sure. it's not viable to have IVF clinics without the ability to destroy. Now, wait, wait, argument, so you, yeah. you said someone broke in, right? Yeah, that's the that's the facts of this. Yeah. Oh, my God. So would it make sense to charge this person with felony murder? Well, so that that's not really on the discussion here, because I don't think it is they not, even know. They, I don't know. So they even did it. But you're but you're hitting on the important thing, which is this decision, because of the way in which they chose to articulate the decision, goes much further than the limited set of facts. I think the right. argument is the, the 
the justices would defend themselves, arguably, by saying, hey, by saying that this would apply to unborn, it doesn't really do anything for IVF because, you know, a parent who who is through the process and consents to the embryos being destroyed would not would not sue. And so therefore, there wouldn't be an argument and it would only be if it was destroyed for some other reason. That would be their claim. However, they didn't articulate it that way. They didn't say that there was some sort of limited financial gain here. They said that the state constitution requires them to read all texts with an eye towards the idea that embryos would be living beings for the sake of the law, which, you know, goes a little further than just saying that there's some sort of a financial argument here. So in this instance, this makes IVF untenable. The majority tried to make some textual and originalist arguments. The dissent, which was also a very conservative jurist, but one who has some, you know, sense of not being hypocritical, went through and explained that the text does not support any of that. They kind of bumbled through that. Uh, But the the concurrences were perhaps more interesting because the multiple concurrences just went ahead and said, we don't understand why the majority, we agree with the result, but we don't understand why the majority is messing around with the text of the statute so much because the Bible says this. Uh, they And cited a bunch of that. So, you know, kind of going the full theocracy route. Uh, but my take on it, look, there are far more serious legal commentators than those of us here at the kind of bad kids table that is above <laughs> the law who are talking about the real implications of this. I just decided to focus on the the absolute chaos that the rule against perpetuities has become under this ruling. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Because I, I mean, I went in and Alabama has a rule against perpetuities still on the books. And that rule against perpetuities is quite quite literally, that a property must, you know, an interest in a property must vest, if at all, in, if in the life of a life in being at the time, or uh, plus 21 years. So the ruling has now created a infinite life, potentially, to the extent that you could keep an embryo on, on ice forever. And if this Supreme, if Alabama claims that that's what's going on here, that these these embryos are lives in being for that purpose. There's nothing to suggest that you couldn't create an infinite property lockup in violation of the certainly the purpose of the rule against perpetuities. No, so uh, have fun with the Alabama bar, everybody. So the egg ruling scrambled rat. Yeah, that's that's fair. I like it. I mean, ratatouille is an egg dish, right? No, it's like. Isn't it? Okay. No, it's like tomatoes and cucumbers or something. No, squash. Oh, you know what it is? Ratatouille is an eggplant dish. That's my issue. I was like, there's eggs somewhere in this conversation. Whatever. I'm not cultured enough to be. uh, All I understand is there's a Disney movie with a rat. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, that's what's going on there. So I, I, I was struggling to think of some other mischief that could come from this sort of rule. But like, oh, I instantly thought of felony murder. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, instant yeah. felony murder. Well, well, yeah, no. And I think if they knew the perpetrator of this, then, yeah, they absolutely could. Well, hell, they don't even need to get to felony murder. I think they could argue that murder destroy the destroying them is murder. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I wonder if if they go the felony murder route, you might be able to loop more people in. Yeah, maybe they, like it. Yeah, well, look, the the whole industry can't function in a world in which you can't destroy these because 
for anybody who doesn't know how this works, they are not children. And the way you know they aren't children is because there are, uh, you know, a lot of unhappy IVF families. They, you know, they, it is something that you can go through and try and go through multiple times and it just doesn't stick. And that's why they create as many as they can and try to run through as many runs of it as they can in order to get a successful result. That means there are multiple created embryos who at the end, whether successful or not, have to, you know, not spend forever in a freezer. So anyway, that's Yo, if there's if there's ever like a like a like an unforeseen power outage and like a fridge goes out, yeah. that, that well, death yeah. toll would be crazy. Yeah. So that's the issue. So that's the that's why one would expect off of this decision that any clinic trying to deal with infertility in Alabama has to shut its doors and move elsewhere. Continuing the the growing crisis in some of these states for like we had this crisis of OBGYNs not wanting to practice in these states because of the rules they're creating. We now can add fertility experts to the list of folks who are probably going to have to move on. McDermott, Will & Emery is Vault's number one law firm for associate satisfaction three years running. Why? Because they're doing big law better. At McDermott, you define what your success looks like. They help you achieve it. McDermott's award-winning professional development program and hands-on mentorship propel you toward your goals, while the industry-leading wellness benefits help you feel your best so you can do your best. Want to see how your life could be better at McDermott? Head to mwe.com slash above the law. Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. Okay, Chris, you've been covering uh, one of the weirdest trials that we've seen in our, uh, at least in my time here at Above the Law. And there's a new wrinkle in it uh, that probably will, it could come up on an, ethics exam, but I mean, I don't think it would because I don't think anybody else would ever do this. <laughs> Those are words said right before so many ethics violations. <laughs> like no one would ever insert here. And then we see on Fox. Anyway, yes. So as if the YSL case wasn't interesting enough, I would say an attorney got caught up in legal trouble in the mm. middle of it, but that would be inaccurate. This is the second attorney that this happened to. Um, yeah. A de defense attorney, her name is Nicole Fagan, who was representing a defendant named Aquarius Mender. That is an interesting name. Anyway, she's getting charged with participating in criminal street gang activity and criminal solicitation to commit tampering with evidence. Oh. Yeah. She ended up giving him legal advice and he was not her client. <laughs> And well, it's, it's not going well. So that sounds like a very technical problem. But but that legal advice, that certainly wasn't legal advice that, you know, might go beyond the bounds of legal and be like actually to destroy something or anything, was it? Oh, yeah, that's the tampering. Yeah. Oh, so. oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> so her advice was what exactly? Well, she told him to throw his phone away. Let me. Let oh, me that's exactly. a shame. 
that's uh, that's not going to work. And she provided him with uh, info that she found out during a preliminary hearing. And Aww. she said to throw his phone away because the police were going to arrest him. That's uh, that's a shame. Well, at least this woman has maintained, uh, you know, a professional reputation that would put her above reproach that she can lean lean upon to suggest that these charges are made up. Right. I mean, it depends on how we define professional. I would say that she's made some marketing decisions that, okay. which would might in other cases appear to be above the board if you're paying attention to the work that she does and if you forgot your glasses on the nightstand. <laughs> it really doesn't look good considering what she's in trouble for. What? Uh, yeah. So there's some TikToks where she. There are some there are some TikTok there are some videos where she's giving advice to women dating drug dealers on how to not how to behave when their man is in jail. There is pictures of her with a with there are several pictures with her with guns. One may have drugs in the background. There's a picture with her with Pee Wee Longway, who is like a, a well known rapper in Atlanta. It's levels. It is it it looks like something that was part of an SNL sketch back when SNL was funny. Didn't she have a post that you showed me? There was one post she still had up that was talking about like, oh, like it was something along the lines of you give me an opportunity, give me five minutes and I'll be selling drugs out the bluff or something like that. So so I have to say something. You were incorrect. You said no. she still had up as if it's not there anymore. It's still there. <laughs> oh, I take it that hat. <laughs> you know, and it was, there, there were a couple of moments where you're like, oh, counsel needs counsel. All this shit is still on a public-facing Instagram page. Why yeah, isn't it uh, private yet? I believe, I, I can now quote, it was, I suck at cuddling five minutes in, I'm selling drugs out of your crib, pull right in front. Um, <laughs> like probably, said, you know, probably, you, yeah. One of the important things about, you know, hanging your own shingle, whatever, you got to market to your clients, you know? But there's yeah. a fine line between marketing and Asking him to get arrested. And, it, and this might be one of those instances where she trapezed over to the ladder. Oh, yeah. I, it, I mean, this really is a, a, a small laws, small and solo story, isn't it? Deep down, <laughs> we're all about legal marketing. Maybe this is a better subject for lunch hour legal marketing. Or, oh, speaking of marketing, there's a, yeah. so there's a, she had this like hashtag got proof thing. It had like all over shirts and whatnot. And yeah. aforementioned Pee Wee Longway, whose name I will say as often as I get the chance to, has a rap song where he shook, where he's giving a shout out to his lawyer. So it's just, it's just interesting to see like this, this, this strange connection of rap and law. This story got me thinking about a story from several years ago, which was uh, there was a lawyer in Pittsburgh who had an, an ad, a young lawyer who had an ad out where he said, you know, you got to to get a lawyer. You need you, you know, if you're in trouble, you need a lawyer who thinks like a criminal and you can trust me because I think like a criminal. And his ad was just showing people committing crimes and then calling him and getting off. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was bold. It was a it was a choice uh, mm -hmm. that that lawyer went to prison because uh, <laughs> apparently when he said he he understood how to think like a criminal, he he meant he was actually de uh, a drug dealer himself. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's actually kind of a sad story there. The follow up uh, piece, which we did not uh, like I'm not the author of the I wrote the of the ad, but there was a follow up piece in the Atlantic or New Republic. One of the one of those magazines like talking about like his last days before he, uh, you know, went over well, before he turned himself into prison. prison and you know like it, it kind of talked about like you know the the prison system and the way uh, you know the 
way the drug war is bad and all that. But it also, you know, highlighted that this guy had more or less put himself in the crosshairs with the way in which he marketed, which it sounds like was a lesson that was not learned in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are some times where you see, a, let's, let's call it art, and mm. you see some works of art and you're like, oh, this artist may have been cursed with the gift of prophecy, if only they understood. And there yeah. are other times where it's like, oh, this person is stupid and had a camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it feels like, come on, some of the pictures, I'm like, this has to be Photoshopped. But then I'm like, no, no, Photoshop isn't that good because it's, it's so it's so ham fisted. And the, well, maybe an, an onion writer will be like, come on, dog, can you tone this down a little bit? Like there's one video where she's um she's speaking in a bot. She's wearing a bonnet. Now, if you yeah. see this woman's hair, she probably does not need a bonnet. Like it, it, it feels it's not the level of pandering where Hillary Clinton had the hot sauce in her bag, but it's it's pretty damn close. Like it's like, come on, like why do you why you wear a bonnet? Well, maybe maybe it's not Photoshop. It's uh, what's the new one that does the that does video based on artificial intelligence prompts? Sora. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. We are in, we are in danger. And this this might be more small talk area, but like give it give it a year, give it a year. There's going to be videos. People don't like in court. Be like, that's not me. Like we see you. Be like, you see where it says Sora <laughs> on the bottom left? That is not me. <laughs> no. I mean, it seems like it's not. Perfect. It, I mean, it looks real, but they're just too ridiculous to be real. Uh, but yes, but, still, you know, you know, you're coming. Is, my thing is, I think it was like two. Remember two years ago when they were like AI generated photographs, and it looked like what people see when they have a stroke or, or something. Like it was like <laughs> identify one thing in this photo. To go from that yeah. to Sora is crazy. Yeah, and that's not even a generation. That's like you know no, two I mean, years yeah. ago. It's moving fast. That's why the conversation of legal tech is so very interesting. Oh, come on. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen. Now it's really small and not sounds this like small talk. This is not the legal tech journalist roundtable, Joe. Oh, oh. But is it that is another a plug. show that perhaps I meant? Yeah. All right. Fine. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network, available wherever podcasts are found. All right, final topic. It's going to be a Catherine thing. I actually don't know which of your various stories it's going to be because there's there's a few that are pretty good. You've got. I've decided to go with the one that I find the most what in the actual fuck? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I think artful. That, <laughs> I think I had this written down on our sort of internal um, editorial calendar as the Indiana Jones story because um, a big law firm was is made plans to move into a new location in in their for their London you know office, and it turns out that those plans might be delayed. Okay. Doesn't do, where's the Indiana Jones? You may ask. It's I it's am. a coming. Turns out that the location that the their soon to be office hopefully uh, one day will be is an ancient burial ground. 
Okay. Used as what? a burial ground both in yeah, used as a burial ground both in Roman era as well as in the 16th century. So like multiple levels of curses really is, is what I'm hearing. And the Museum of London Archaeology did some excavating. Uh, see, Indiana Jones is coming up. Uh, found a bunch of stuff uh, in the location, including oak coffins, a glass vial, jewelry, a decorated lamp, and. Yep, skeletal remains. Did he find a spare shroud of Turin? <laughs> they said that the the discovery was quote incredibly rare, which you know, good. But but it also kind of is that the kind of place you want to be at five o'clock in the morning? You know, when you're doing pulling an all nighter to work on some document is not. I don't. I don't want a place where I know. I know for a fact that they found skeletal remains here. I mean, this is a lot. I mean, I, mean, I used to live in Battery Park City. There was nothing buried there because it was ex- <laughs> it was new land, right? Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that doesn't really count. Everything else, though, and, you know, you bring up New York. That actually reminds me the the federal courts in New York. Remember, if you go down there, you can see there. It, it, there's a little awkward uh, how the building is shaped on one side, and that's because they, during excavation, discovered that there was an unmarked cemetery that they were going into, and they didn't disturb that, so they built around that, and that's why the, the court has a little bit of an awkward situation, because this came up there, and it was unmarked because it was a colonial-era cemetery for black deceased folks, mm-hmm. which didn't warrant being uh, marked at the time. Uh, but they discovered that while they were building the new courthouse and they worked around that to preserve it. Yeah, because it. you don't want to actually work on top of an ancient burial ground. I hear you, but then I'm like, there was that one time that like 20,000 bodies were found buried under Washington Square Park. Like there are just a lot of like, there are a lot listen, of- Listen, listen, I've been to Savannah. Like I know exist. that- I, I know. I, I hear. I hear you. This just feels like a certain level of creepy. No, like. Uh, but I'm saying that like the creepy is quotidian. Like it's all creepy. There is so yeah. much buried shit. <laughs> <laughs> the the law firm, by the way, whose plans are at least temporarily disrupted, is Hogan Lovells. Um, okay. Their, their London office. But I don't know, man. I don't. I, I, that, I hear that you don't completely. Sit right. I, I hear you. It don't. It don't. But also, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Rome, argument though. that's my argument you know like. ancient Rome though I feel like look I feel like there's almost a statute of limitations on when you can be worried about poltergeists I think that <laughs> what are I they going to die again well, yeah, well like look I yeah, exa- sort of I feel like if you're building on top of a couple hundred year old cemetery there's some expectation that that's you know desecrating in a bad way but when when you're building on top of 3,000-year-old ones or 2,000-year-old ones. But it was used again okay. in the 16th century. Okay. okay. I, I think right. we all know I think we all know international law is fake, but ghost law, <laughs> that's what you're talking about right now? <laughs> listen. Ghost listen. law. Hey, look. I, we, you know, I'm a member of the New York State Bar, and, you know, we are the state that has a legal haunted house. So. Sure, sure. I'm just imagining somebody having a case book that also comes with a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah the um yeah and, you know okay. may- maybe there are other places where there are you know firms built on top of ancient burial grounds almost certainly sure you know new orleans is a city and has love i'm sure it. jones day draws its power from <laughs> okay necromancy well it's better when you don't know yeah uh, well now all the all the employees can enjoy bonuses and a nice little 
satchel of sage that comes whenever bonuses comes in. You mean bonuses? <laughs> I'm going to kill you for this. <laughs> I'm going to say, not for nothing, but Halloween better be freaking lit at Hola oh, yeah. in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Toga party. Um, Listen, that'll give I mean, up. Come on, there are so many opportunities. If you needed a place where you could say partner is dead, long live the firm, it is now Hola. <laughs> <laughs> amazing all right uh good yeah uh well the good choice i i really <laughs> thought that when you chose not to talk about john oliver it was going to be a less fun topic and i was wrong you know this is somehow one this is one of those stories i found on a friday afternoon uh i actually turned it into uh one of our daily features trivia question of the day and supposed to a full story but really Really, I was just sad that I didn't get to talk about it more. So I didn't get to make any Indiana Jones jokes at the time. So this Did, is... was this a roll-on story or something like that? Yeah, or, yeah yes, okay. Yes, roll-on yes. Friday, who we always like to Shut mention. Shut roll-on uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, our, seriously. If you're well, at all involved in the London legal market, you... An, actually, um, it wasn't roll-on. It was legal cheek. Legal, was uh, both, though. Yes. Uh, both, legal both, cheek, yes. Legal cheek and roll-on Friday, both folks that we like to uh, yeah, tell our, people. all of our information across the pond. Yeah, there, uh, there, are, there are spiritual uh Spiritual? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ambassadors to the across-the-pond way. All right, well, cool. What, anything else? That was a story I wanted to talk about. Long live all right. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, thanks everybody for listening. You should subscribe to the show so you get new episodes when they come out. You should leave reviews, write something, give stars. That all helps more people find the show. You should check out other programs like The Jabot, which Catherine hosts, and the Legal Tech Journalist Roundtable, which I'm a guest on. You should check out, which we've already plugged once in this show. You should check out other shows on the Legal Talk Network, including, you know, the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, which we've already had a plug for. See, we've, uh, I, I, See I, this is low-key, one yeah. of our pluggiest episodes. Yeah. Uh, so you should do all those things. Uh, you should read Above the Law so you see these and other stories before we chat about them here. You should be following us on the various social medias. Uh, I will say that on X Twitter, we are at ATL Blog. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the number one uh, there. Uh, Christopher is at... Rights for rent, the rights being like pen and paper rights, not uh, legal rights for rent. We're also on Blue Sky, except I'm Joe Patrice over there. And with all that said, I think we're done, Peace. right? Okay, we will see folks later. Peace. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.